know what that sound means. It's another exciting installment of the Fan Brawl Seasons Podcast, where we talk local sports, both the Atlanta Pro franchises, like the Braves, Hawks, Falcons, and we also talk the University of Georgia Bulldogs. So strap in, guys. It's another exciting episode about to start right now. What is up, Podcast Land? This is your host, Jam and Joe, of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. On this week's episode, guys, we're going to talk some Atlanta Braves baseball as we talk about the tough series the Braves had over the weekend in Chicago. It was not the best way to start the long road trip, but we'll get into some Atlanta Braves. We're also going to talk some University of Georgia football as the dogs opened up fall camp last Thursday in Athens. We'll be talking some Georgia football. You'll get my early thoughts on that. And we're going to talk some Atlanta Falcons football as the Dirty Birds are getting ready for the for their first preseason game coming up this Friday night at Hard Rock Stadium against the Miami Dolphins. But before we get into episode 240 of the Fan for All Seasons podcast, it's time to get a word from our sponsor. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by George Smoke Barbecue, authentic original oak smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgesmoke.com. So as I said, guys, this is episode 240 of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. I can't believe I have done 240 episodes. I just want to thank everybody who's been with me on this journey, my co-host slash partner, RG3, all my frequent guests and contributors, you, you know who you are, all the support that I've been getting from fans and listeners and even acquiring new listeners too. I just want to thank I just want to thank everybody who's been behind me with this journey. It truly is crazy that this is episode 240. So thanks again to RG3, frequent guests and contributors, and you, the fan slash the listener. Thank you guys very much. So, let's get into some sports conversation, and we're going to get into some Atlanta Braves. So, when we left you on last week's show, this was before the trade deadline for the Braves. Alex Anthopoulos did make some small moves to improve the club. Nothing crazy. Honestly, in my opinion, he didn't necessarily have to make a big move. The players he did get, I'm going to go a little in-depth about. He got Pierce Johnson from the Colorado Rockies. The Braves gave up a couple minor league pitchers. One of them including Victor Vodnik. I know he had been a guy at Mississippi that was kind of making some waves. And I know a lot of people were curious about what Victor Vodnik can do. My best to him is he goes to Colorado. A place where it's really, really difficult to be a pitcher. So, best of luck Victor Vodnik as you start your next chapter in your Major League Baseball career. So, what did the Braves get other than Pierce Johnson? They got another former Rocky. They got Brad Hand. And... The thing I like about Brad Hand is Brad Hand has been a nice lefty reliever. He's been around the block. He's been with a lot of different teams. I remember him with the Cleveland Indians slash Guardians. I remember him with them. I know he pitched with them on their 2016 World Series team. And I always thought Brad Hand was a crafty lefty. I also remember him when he was with San Diego too. And he used to give the Braves fits when the Braves would go out west. Or the Padres would come here. Brad Hand used to... He used to drive me nuts because he was so good against left. So, you're probably wondering what lefty batters are doing against Brad Hand. Guys, lefty batters against Brad Hand are batting 160. So, Brad Hand is really nasty against lefties. 
Against righties, he's more susceptible, obviously. We, we all know how the splits game works. But I think Brad Hand is a guy who is going to come in and do a really nice job for the Braves. The thing you have to know about Alex Anthopoulos is he is the type of guy who likes to have three lefty relievers in his pen at one time. And that's mostly just, just to give depth. So let's look at the lefties now. You have, you have Brad Hand. You have A.J. Minter, and you hopefully have Dylan Lee coming back. Dylan Lee, for those of you that don't know, this weekend was with the Gwinnett Stripers. He's on a minor league rehab assignment. He is beginning to come back. So getting Dylan Lee back is going to be huge. So that would give you three lefties in the bullpen. And a lot of these guys in the pen, it seems to be that the Braves are acquiring so much depth in the bullpen that some of these guys that are currently on the major league roster we may not see these guys in October. I mean, if you're in the Braves pen, you really got to be on your game. You really got to pitch well. Because guys are looking to take guys' spots come October. I'm going to go ahead and be honest. Kirby Yates has not really been good recently. I don't know if Kirby Yates is going to be on the roster in October. I mean, he might be. But here recently, how he's been pitching, I haven't, I haven't really felt good about it. I don't really have much faith in Kirby Yates. That's just an example. So, if you're in the Braves bullpen, you have an opportunity to either pitch your way onto this postseason roster or to pitch your way off. You really got to find a way to throw strikes and not walk people. If you throw strikes and not walk people, Brian Snicker, Kranitz, Alex Anthopoulos, everybody with the Braves is going to love you if you're a Braves reliever. I do want to talk about the other small move the Braves made and the Braves acquired infielder Nicky Lopez from the Kansas City Royals. And they gave up lefty reliever Taylor Hearn, who the Braves got from the Texas Rangers. Hearn was here for maybe like five minutes, I want to say. Like, I think Hearn pitched in the Saturday game against the Brewers last Saturday night and struggled. And leave it to Alex Anthopoulos. He finds a way to, to get a reliever and then use that reliever as a trade chip to acquire another piece that the Braves could potentially need on down the road, and it's Nicky Lopez. And so, when I read you Nicky Lopez's statistics for the 2023 season, it's not going to blow your mind. But, I'll get into why he's important here in a second. So, his statistics include, he's batting 213 with 13 RBIs, he scored 19 runs, Lopez is, Lopez is a fast guy, but, he, but he's a glove. He's a glove. You can put him... Anywhere in the infield, he can play a little bit of outfield. From an infield standpoint, for some older Brave fans out there, if you remember Paul Yanish, who used to play in the major leagues, like he played with the Reds, he played with the Braves. He he was just a good glove guy. That's who Nicky Lopez will remind you of. He can, like I said, he can play all four infield spots, and he can also play some outfield a little bit. He's got some speed, and so while Nicky Lopez lacks big pop with the bat. What he will be able to do is he will help save potential runs, and that'll help the Braves defensively because you can put Lopez in a in a myriad of spots, and he can do just fine. That's the thing that I really like about Alex Anthopoulos, guys. Is Anthopoulos is a big believer in defense, and he's willing to bring in a glove like a Nicky Lopez, just in case the Braves are in a situation where where they would need a guy like this. And so, again, I, I like the moves Anthopolis made. I know there's a segment 
a Braves nation that wanted the Braves to go get Josh Hader or Shane Bieber or any of these big time guys. But Alex Anthopoulos chose not to do that and I respect him for that because it means he has faith in our club. He, he has faith in how deep and talented this roster is. Just a few tweaks here and there, a couple tweaks in the bullpen. And a solid glove guy in Nicky Lopez. That, as a fan, makes me feel really good that we weren't so desperate and crazy at the trade deadline to make something super big happen. I feel really good about this club. I really like the moves Anthopolis has made. And I think the Braves are a force to be reckoned with. And so, we're going to take things to the present time now. As the Braves concluded a weekend series at the friendly confines at Wrigley Field, home of the Cubs. When the Braves won 8-0, we saw an offensive explosion in the fourth inning um, with the Braves scoring seven runs. We saw Ronald Acuna Jr. on Friday go three for five, including a triple. We saw catcher Sean Murphy and Marcelo Zuna go back-to-back, hitting home runs for Atlanta. We saw Austin Riley as well getting on the home run. And it just goes to show how dangerous this Braves offense can be, especially in a very hitter-friendly ballpark like Wrigley Field. Saturday was a tough one for the Braves. The Cubs exploded for a five-run first inning. We saw Dansby Swanson have a home run. That hurt my heart a little bit, watching Dansby go deep out to left center field at Wrigley Field for the Cubs. The Braves did make it interesting, though. We saw Ozzie Albies smash a home run, and we saw Matt Olson launch his, 30, his 38th home run. Matt Olson, as I said, you know, launched his 38th home run just has just had a great season as the Braves fell 8-6 to six on Saturday. Then today, on Sunday, the Braves took on a hard-nosed Cubs team. The Braves fell 6-4. to four. Matt Olson launched his 39th home run and now leads the NL with 96 RBIs. 96 runs batted in for Matt Olson. I mean, if it wasn't for Ronald Acuna Jr., I would say Matt Olson is... Clearly, the Braves representative for NL MVP. But, I mean, with what Acuna is doing, and Acuna has stolen his 53rd base. He had eight hits in this series against the Cubs. And Acuna is just in fuego right now. But, I mean, it, it truly is remarkable to see what Acuna and what Matt Olson have done. And I, a lot of this has to be given credit to by Brian Snicker for having the guts to move Matt Olson in the order. I was a big fan of moving Matt Olson into more of an RBI situation. Big, big fan of that. And the four hole. For me, the Braves have the best top four in Major League Baseball. Acuna, Albies, Riley, and Olsen. I mean, it, it doesn't get much better than that. This Braves lineup is so deep and so potent. I know they lost two or three to the Cubs. And I got to give the Cubs a lot of credit. You know, going into this series, I thought the Braves were really going to take care of business. But... I got to give the Cubs credit. They really came to play offensively. And I know playing in Wrigley gives them somewhat of an advantage, but Dansby Swanson had a nice series for the Cubs. We saw Cody Bellinger not only provide some sparks offensively, but defensively he's always been a solid club and has a really good throwing arm. So I got to give the Cubs credit. They, they really played well this weekend. It pains me to give another team credit, but I guess you got to give credit where credit's due. So... Credit to the Cubs for winning two or three against my Atlanta Braves. So, where do the Braves go from here, guys? The Braves now will travel to Pittsburgh, the Steel City, to take on the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Pirates are having a very, very 
tough year. The Pirates at one point were in first place in the National League Central. They were at one point looking like a formidable foe in the NL Central. And then, like how things work out, the Pirates could not sustain. They've been dealing with injuries. They still have a couple pieces you need to be worried about. Brian Reynolds, they're who is the highest paid pirate now and is the longest tenured pirate on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Brian Reynolds is a dude in center field, just a really solid baseball player. Henry Davis, the top pick for the Pirates a few years ago out of Louisville. I'm curious to see him this week. And then Key Brian Hayes, their third baseman, was another top top job pick by the Pirates not too long ago. And he's always a talent too. So the Braves are going to have their handful with a couple of Pirates that I mentioned in Davis, Reynolds, and Key Brian Hayes. So hopefully the Braves can can get after it in the Steel City. And I'm just going to say this. Pittsburgh has one of the prettiest stadiums in Major League Baseball. I would love to go check out Pittsburgh. It's a really pretty stadium. Out there on the Allegheny River, overlook, overlooking the bridge. And that, that's pretty cool, too. Like I said, I hope the Braves can take care of business in this four-game series against the Pirates. Thursday is a day game. It is a 12:35 first pitch. So, fan for all season fans, if you're lucky, listen to the game on your lunch hour, or watch, or go to a bar on your lunch hour and watch the game. So, we got some day baseball coming up on Thursday, and then next weekend, the Braves have a four-game series against the Little Brother. Four games in three days. With Saturday being a day-night doubleheader, a 1:10 first pitch, a 7:10. First pitch for game two on Saturday. And then Sunday night baseball coming up next Sunday night as the Braves go up to Queens to battle the little brother. So that is going to do it for our Atlanta Braves part of the show. I'm going to jump to some Georgia football as the dog opened up fall camp this past Thursday. It was good to hear Kirby Smart. I heard a little bit of his press conference. Kirby seems excited about this team. He likes how how this group has worked this summer and done a really good job in strength and conditioning. Georgia put on the pads over the weekend and were in shells. And for those of you that don't know, shells are shoulder pads with shorts. That, that's why they call them shells. And so the dogs, like I said, are beginning prep for the 2023 season. My thoughts on this roster, it is once again extremely deep and extremely talented. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about the offense here for a little bit. I'm very excited about my about my guy, Mike Bobo, coming back. The former Georgia quarterback, the former Georgia play caller for the Georgia Bulldogs is back. I will miss Todd Munkin, but I think Kirby found I think Kirby found a great replacement of Mike Bobo. The two of them go way, way back. The two of them played together. Mike Bobo was the quarterback when Kirby was in school in Athens at Georgia. And the two of them are lifelong friends. So I, I mentioned this before on pods. I think it's really cool that Kirby Smart gets to work with some of his best friends. And he gets to work with Mike Bobo and Will Muschamp. I think, I think that is really, really cool. Gwen Schumann as well. And I think it's really cool that Kirby has created such a like brotherly, like family environment of coaches that he gets to work with. And bounce ideas off of. I think, I think that's really, really cool. But, because those guys... Like Bobo and Muschamp, you know the three of them go way back to their college days, and they and they know Kirby really, really well. So they're the type of guys that are not afraid 
to call Kirby out on some stuff or, you know, keep it real with Kirby. And I think that's really cool and refreshing that Georgia is like that. So, once again, I'm going to highlight some guys on offense that Mike Bobo gets to work with. For me, it all starts with Brock Bowers, the best player in college football, the most dynamic player in college football, in my opinion, has the chance to win the Heisman Trophy. Brock Bowers is that good. The best player in college football, the most versatile, the most dynamic, the most talented player in all of college football, resides in Athens, Georgia, number 19, Brock Bowers. But Brock Bowers can't do it alone. There's, a, there's some more great pass catchers that I'm excited about. Lad McCockey, Georgia's number one deep threat. I heard an interview with him the other day on an Atlanta radio station. And the thing I like about Lad is Lad is always Lad is always very true to himself. And he's all about the team. And, he, you know, the thing about Lad is Lad works really, really hard and j- just grinds, man. I don't know if those of you know the story about Lad McConkey and how he came to Georgia. So Lad is up from Chatsworth, Georgia. And that's where Lad grew up. And Lad, Lad always wanted to play football the University of Tennessee, Chatsworth is not that far from Knoxville, and that was Lad's number one school. So, so Lad played basketball in high school, and Kirby Smart was there watching Lad McCaukey play basketball, and he saw how athletic he was, and how much, and how, and just how dynamic of a basketball player Lad McCaukey was, just because he was a freak athlete. And it turns out that Tennessee never offered Lad McCaukey a scholarship. So Georgia and Kirby Smart were like, we'll offer you. And as they say, the rest is history. So that is how Vlad McConkey ended up at the University of Georgia. So some other pass catchers I'm excited about. Dominic Lovett, the Missouri transfer. I think Lovett is going to be a really, really dynamic player. Marcus Roseby, Jack Saint, who we've known to make big catches. He's a big physical receiver. 6'2", you know, a, a big guy that can go get it. Freshman Tyler Williams is a is a big timer that I know a lot of people more in the recruiting ranks know more about than I do. I'm just basing it off what I've heard from those in the know with the program. They say this freshman Tyler Williams is a big time player for the University of Georgia. Oscar Delp, the sophomore tight end, I think he's gonna be a really nice one two punch to go with Brock Bowers, a tight end. Georgia's once again loaded at tight end. I know Georgia doesn't have a Darnell Washington, but but Oscar Delp and Brock Bauer, by all means, will be able to carry the load, for sure. Go over to the running backs for a second. You got Dejon Edwards and Branson Robinson. I'm excited about those two. You know, Dejon being the elder statesman of the group, the senior. The thing I like about Dejon Edwards is he's a tough runner. He also has the ability to escape and turn on the Jets when he needs to. When I think of Dejon, I think of last year's Missouri game. Dejon Edwards single-handedly pulverized Missouri, and that's how Georgia ended up coming back and winning that game, was Dejon Edwards getting tough yards and making it difficult on the Missouri defense later in the game for the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, Branson Robinson has a chance to be a really dynamic back. He's He's Georgia's next great big physical bruising back. Think of a Zamir White, you know, physical guy. You know, we saw what he did in the national championship when Georgia was blowing out TCU. Branson Robinson came in in the second half and got a touchdown there to put the game on ice. Branson Robinson is a really, really talented, dynamic running back for the University of Georgia. 
and I think he's going to have a really, really nice year. Cash Jones is a guy that not a lot of Georgia fans know about, and I heard in Kirby's press conference that Kirby said, Cash Jones may be the fastest running back that Georgia has. So I'm fascinated to see what Cash Jones does for the dogs this fall. I think this offense is a chance to be really dynamic. I expect Carson Beck to be QB1 for the University of Georgia, although I wouldn't be surprised if Brock Vandegrift or Gunnar Stockton push him to the limit for that job. We just know Georgia's camp is all about competition and competing, and they love to compete at the University of Georgia. And as a Georgia fan, I love that because I want the best players on the field representing Georgia well and getting after it for the dogs. I do want to talk one thing about the defense before we leave Georgia football really quick, and that is Javon Board. Javon Board, as we know, had has had many great moments for Georgia with interceptions, like a key interception he had against Mississippi State. What he's probably most known for is the is the nice clean hit, keyword clean hit, that he had on Marvin Harrison Jr. against Ohio State in the Peach Bowl. And the Ohio State people are still running their mouths on that. And come on, guys. Like, let's give that up. I heard The thing I like about Javon Board, the Georgia media asked him about that. Javon Board's like, guys, that happened in December. Let's move on. We're ready to start the 2023 season. I think that's a great response by Board. So, all that's to say about Javon Board, he will be switching from cornerback to safety. I think this is going to make Georgia's back end. The defense very deeper. Bullard started out as a star at the star position for Georgia. So now Georgia at safety has Malachi Starks and Javon Bullard. That's a really nice one-two punch for the Georgia Bulldogs at safety. So that is going to wrap it up for our Georgia Bulldog football part of the podcast. The final part of the show this week, we're going to talk some Atlanta Falcons football. The Falcons preseason begins on Friday as the Dirty Birds will travel to Miami to take on the Dolphins. The Falcons and Dolphins will have a few joint practices during the upcoming week to get acclimated to practicing against someone else, not just your own team. I know the guys are probably sick of, you know, scrimmaging against themselves, and I know it'll be good to hit somebody else in a different color jersey, a different color uniform. The thing that I'm most interested to see is how much will we see of Desmond Ritter. I hope we get to see Desmond Ritter a good bit because I feel like we need to see more of Desmond Ritter play in the preseason just simply because he needs reps, guys. He needs reps against real NFL defenses, real bullets firing at him. We really need to see what Desmond Ritter does in big game situation. Like I've stated before, my biggest question for the Falcons, I still think the Falcons are a huge question mark, my biggest questions that need to be answered, and it may not be from the preseason. It may come in week five. It may come in week seven. It just depends. My two biggest questions for the Falcons are plain and simple. Quarterback play, and can the defense affect the quarterback? Can we see this Falcons team make a jump defensively? Where in the past few years, the defense has been one of the worst in the NFL as far as getting to the quarterback. Guys, did you realize last year the Falcons had 21 sacks? a year ago. That has got to change, and it looks like they've done that in free agency. Ryan Nielsen, it's up to you, man. We gotta get heat on the quarterback. So, quarterback play from Ritter, and affecting the quarterback. Those are my two biggest keys for the Falcons going into the 2023 season. But it all starts next Friday night, as the Dirty Birds go down to Miami 
to begin the 2023 preseason. Football is back, Atlanta fans. And so that's going to wrap it up for our Atlanta Falcons part of the show. If you like this podcast, if you want to know more about us, you can go to fanforallseasons.com. You can check out our merchandise at the Merchandise Store, where we've got our comfy colored t-shirts and a variety of colors. They'll get you squared away at the Fan for All Seasons Merchandise Store. Go into the Shop Merch tab on our website. They'll have all your merchandise needs set up for you there. Like I said, if you like this podcast, if you want to find us on any major podcast platform, give us a like, give us a follow. That's Fan for All Seasons. Check us out on any major podcast platform. So now, guys, it's time to get one last word from our sponsor this week. And Fan for All Seasons is brought to you in part by Georgia Smoke Barbecue, authentic original smoked barbecue catering. You can learn more at georgiasmoke.com. So for myself, Jamin Joe, this has been another exciting installment of the Fan for All Seasons podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. Go Braves. Go Dogs. Go Falks. <laughs>